This episode of ShmiCast is dedicated in memory of Margaret Copeland, who was a dancer in the Springfield, Missouri community for many years. And our thoughts and our prayers go out to all of the dancers in Springfield, Missouri. Um, we truly feel sorry for your loss and the loss to the greater belly dance community. And we're thinking of you guys. Welcome to episode 48 of Shimmy Cast, the podcast for dancers and fans of Middle Eastern dance. I'm your host, Anala Rabari. This week, we have a review of The Art of Belly Dance with Jillian, Level 1, event announcements, questions of the week, and interviews from workshop attendees at the Ariella Workshop in Springfield, Missouri. This week's music is from Hans Christian and Carandro. So let's get started. So we didn't have any answers to the question of the week, and I'm really disappointed in you guys. You need to start getting back in the habit of answering these, because everybody in the greater belly dance community wants to know what each other's thinking. So you must answer these. Okay, enough chastising. Uh, so the question was, what made you decide to join a troupe, and what advice would you give to those considering joining a troupe? Um, so I'll tell you guys my story and everything. Um, the way I ended up joining the troupe that I did is um, basically I started taking classes from them and it was really awesome. And I had started taking classes because they were the ones who were offering the most affordable classes that fit into my schedule. Um, and... They're a really cool troupe because, and and I, I say they're, we're a really cool troupe, <laughs> I think, because we do let our students perform with us um, at several of our venues. We we have several venues that um, is just for troupe members due to um, size constraints of the stages and things like that, so it's just easier to say. We're only taking troop members to these performances. But at other performances, we let our students perform with us. And um, so I had I started performing with them as a student. And it was just such a wonderful group of women. I mean, these these I really felt like they were my friends before they were my troop members, if that makes any sense. Because um, they were just always so nice and so warm and so inviting. I, even when I was a student, I didn't feel like 
I was segregated from them just because I was a student, you know, which I, I think some people do feel that way in some certain instances. There, There's that feeling where, oh, the trip members are over there and I can't go over there because those are the troop members. And there wasn't, I never felt that way with this group of ladies. And, and, and that's really one of the reasons why I decided to join the troop is because they were such a great group of women and they've become my friends and a, a second support system for me. Um, my family is a great support system, but I live four hours away from most of my family. It's just Ryan and I up here in Northwest Arkansas. So I needed a second family and they have become that for me. And I think all of them will tell you that if I ask any of them, they'll say, oh, I'm a member of my troop because it's a second family. It's a second support system. We talk to each other about things outside of the troop. Um, we, you know, we go shopping together and all that kind of stuff, and we're really friends. And I think if for some reason we decided to dissolve our troop, we would all still talk to each other and hang out and go shopping together and everything. So for me, when you're looking for a troop to join, this is, and this is just my personal opinion, I think it's wonderful if you can find a troop to join that is made up of a group of people that you would hang out with even if you weren't dancing with them because um, it just makes it really awesome. And it's wonderful now because we do have so many troop members. Um, there's only there's five of us who teach in our troop. Um, but I know if even if for some reason all five of us went down like we were all sick and there was some kind of plague or something, I know a lot of our other troop members we could call up and say, "Hey, could you fill in for class?" Um, it's not something that they necessarily feel led to teach all the time, but they would definitely step in there for us if we needed some help or something like that. And others are really great as far as with, if we're trying to organize a Hofla, other troop members are very good about, you know, okay, well, what do I need to bring? Or, you know, hey, I have access to this and I can bring, you know, X number of door prizes. So you don't guys have to worry about that, you know, that kind of thing. So definitely look for a troop that is going to be supportive of you. And I think they need to be supportive both inside your dance life and outside of your dance life. Because it's it's nice when you come into class and you're frustrated because work's been really tough and you're having to work long hours and everything like that. And you can just turn to them and you can say, I'm really sorry, guys. I'm trying not to be in a crappy mood, but I've been so stressed at work. And then they're just, they're like, you know what? We can take, you know, five, ten minutes out of rehearsal. Talk to us. Tell us what's going on, you know. And and we just sit and we have, you know, a little venting session for whatever member needs it and help them release that tension so then they can relax and they can get in the mood to dance, you know. And and some women just come in and they'll be like, I'm having a really bad week at work. I just need to dance. 
let's dance, you know, and, and so it's nice to have a troop that they can recognize your needs, you know, do you need friends, do you need to talk, or do you just need to come in and you need to dance out your frustration and your stress and everything like that. So, yeah, above all, find people who are warm and inviting to you. Um, I know some troops have audition processes. We don't really in our troop. I mean, we um, we watch students during classes and we get a feel for who is interested in being a troop member and who's not interested in being a troop member or, you know, the students who they're interested in performing, but their outside life at that moment is not such that they could actually fully commit to being a troop member and that kind of thing. And, and it's really just a, you know, we just watch and see whose personalities are clicking with the rest of the troops and and who has time and has interest. Um, for us, it's not always about who has technique as it is about who has passion and dedication and that yearning to learn and to improve and who clicks with us personality-wise is how we make the decisions. So hopefully that will give you guys a little help and advice. And now your ShimmyCast news. November 11th through December 16th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be having various workshops and shows in New York, New Hampshire, Netherlands, Ohio, Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Canada, Spain, Mexico, California, Florida, Alabama, and Louisiana. <sighs> That's a lot. <laughs> November 11th through 18th, the fourth annual Perfection in Paradise Ideas Dance Retreat in Alpoco. Alpoco. Mexico. For some reason, I don't want to say that tonight. November 17th, Samara and Double Veils and More Workshop, Winston-Salem, Winston North Carolina. November 17th, Orit in Workshop in Columbia, Missouri. November 17th, Spirit of the Dance featuring Andrea in Peoria, Illinois. November 17th, Dynamic Drum Solo Workshop with Gina plus Gems of the Oasis, third annual student show held in Rheingold, Georgia, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. November 17th through 18th, Chelsea sponsors Double Veil Diva Ania of California and Workshop and Show, Chicago, Illinois. November 25th, Yala celebrates 10 years of music and dance in Fitzroy, Victoria, Australia. December 1st, Blue Moon Dance Company presents a benefit workshop featuring an original skirt choreography and show to aid women and children in DeFar. This will be held in Raleigh, North Carolina. December 7th through 9th, the A-Team in Huntsville, Alabama. Alima and Angela together again for a two-day workshop. Again, that's in Huntsville, Alabama. December 8th through 9th, Karina and Cara present Margot Abdo-Odell in two-day workshop, Miami, Florida. 
December 15th, Holiday Hofla Seminars and Belly Dancers Garage Sale in Riverside, Missouri. December 15th through 16th, 4th Annual Tribal Fusion Fair, San Luis Obispo, California. That's probably really wrong. Sorry, guys. This has been the Shimmycast News for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. And the drink for this evening is tap water, and I'm very lucky. We get our our water from um, the Beaver Lake Reservoir area here in northwest Arkansas, and two times of the year our water gets so disgusting because the lake turns over, and the water tastes, you know, like mud. It's just really gross, but, you know... It, <laughs> We're done with the lake turning over and the water is just fine now. And I'm sure that's probably way more information than you guys wanted to know. <laughs> okay, um, this week's review is The Art of Belly Dance with Jillian Level 1, reviewed by Alexa Soma. This video is the first installment of Jillian's Art of Belly Dance series produced by the Belly Dance Superstars. The video starts off with Jillian performing the choreography she will be teaching and a short welcome speech that lets the viewer know what to expect out of the video. The video then moves into a section of stretches to help warm the body up and prepare it for dancing. As is noted in the video, this section is not a full warm-up and the student should do their own warm-up routine before they start to dance. Following this is a breakdown of individual movements. The movements taught in this section include rib cage isolations, arm isolations, wrist circles, hip circles, the hip bounce, horizontal figure eights, vertical figure eights, the Egyptian shimmy, the shoulder shimmy, hip side hits, the psoas pull, and the camel. After the student has learned the movements, Jillian fuses the movements together to create combinations. There are seven combinations in all. These combinations are introduced at halftime and then performed again at full time. When performing full time, Jillian uses a different piece of music for each combination. This was a nice addition as it helped introduce new students to cabaret belly dance music selections. All the combinations are pulled together to form the choreography. However, there are some differences between what was taught earlier, and what is used for performance. In this section, Jillian teaches the adaptation of the combinations by building them one upon the other until the student is doing the piece in its entirety. The video ends with the performance piece done before a live audience. The structure of this piece is one of the most common found in belly dance performances, starting with a slow veil intro. Jillian's version of the choreography that was just taught, and then a drum solo. It seems that every detail was considered in the making of this video, from the beautiful background reflected in the mirrors to the, ease to, to the easy to follow formatting. The production quality of this video is outstanding, and the price is very reasonable compared to many other videos of this quality. 
The only thing I would have enjoyed seeing was a more thorough explanation of the music that was used in the combination section to help students recognize the different types of music. Overall, I would recommend this video to any intermediate dancer looking for ideas on how to string movements together. If your local dance retailer doesn't carry this item, you can purchase this video directly from BellyDanceSuperstars.com or Jillian.com. Many online dance retailers also carry this title, and it is also available for rent on Netflix and Blockbuster. Thank you for that excellent review, Alexel. And now it's time for this week's first song, which is Cosmic Sunflower from the album Cinema of Dreams by Hans Christian. You can find it on magnatune.com.
we don't have any emails or feedback for this part of the episode. Um, just want to remind you guys that um, I am on tribe.net. There is a ShimmyCast tribe. Um, I've got a ShimmyCast MySpace page. Um, I'm still working on getting it all set up and everything. Um, you can leave comments, suggestions, feedback anytime on the blog or at the tribe.net or the MySpace page. Um, you can email me, shimmycast at gmail.com. Uh, there's the forum board, uh, the blog, shimmycast.blogspot.com. Um, feel free to vote. Feel free to leave iTunes. Um, feel free to sign up on the Frapper Map. There's just so many possibilities. And now we're going to hear some interviews from Springfield um, from the workshop that I went to with Ariella. Um, and the two interviews that I'm going to share with you guys today, um, you guys are going to have to forgive me. It's been a while since I um, listened to the interviews and everything. But these two um, dancers are members of the Red Moon Tribe troop in um, Springfield, Missouri, and I was really excited to get their interview because they did a duet at the stage show, and a lot of you are going to be extremely happy. This is, um, this group of interviews includes the first interview that I have done with a male belly dancer. So I'm very excited, and I hope you all enjoy and learn lots of new stuff. And we'll be having some more interviews from Springfield in future shows as well. Probably the next two or three shows will be Springfield interviews. Okay, your dance name, your troop, and where you're from. My name's Darius. I'm with the Red Moon Tribe here in Springfield, Missouri. Okay, and how long have you been dancing? About nine months now. Wow, so you're just starting out. Just new to it. Okay, how did you get involved? The girl that's in the tribe, Mouse, I met up with her, and they were looking for a male to start dancing with him. I had some previous dance experience, so I thought, let's make the transition and find something new to happen. Great, and what kind of previous dance experience have you had? Not much in the way of school-type experience, but um, a lot of stage performance. So what intrigued you about doing belly dancing? I was at a stage in my life where I'm just coming up on being retired, and I was looking for something new to carry me in, and this looked like a, a good way to go. I have to say you don't look old enough to be retirement age. Forty. <laughs> you so don't look military, that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah believe it. I came from the military to belly dancing. I don't know how that happened. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, what has your favorite move been so far? I like the talk scenes, the talk scenes with the snake arms. Yes. What move has challenged you the most to learn? Um, a long shimmy. Uh, yeah. Layering shimmies. Is yeah. It takes a lot of endurance, and people don't realize that. They do, and a guy's hips are made a lot differently than the women's, so you really got to adapt to try to make it work. Yeah. Do you find there are other moves that you have to adapt and modify for the male body, and what are some of those? Um, there's some of them that you have to adapt for the male body, but more often than not, you just have to masculinize it. 
don't want to end up looking feminine with the rest of them, with the rest of the girls. So the move is essentially the same, but your posture and where you hold your hands has to be a little bit different just to to look right. So what do your friends and family think of you belly dancing? They're pretty shocked that I came over this direction. I mean, I come from riding motorcycles in the military every day and, you know, just very athletic sports kind of guy. And all of a sudden now I'm wearing eye makeup and panel skirts. It's, <laughs> they're a little bit shocked about it, but nobody's ever really given me any grief about it. And what advice would you give to other men about belly dancing? What advice? Whether they're just watching it or whether, you know, they they might be like, oh, that's for girls or... Keep an open mind about it and think about the venues. There's historically through Middle Eastern dance, men have always been involved in the Middle Eastern dance. So it's not, some, it's not a new concept. It may be a new concept to the Midwest of America because they don't see a lot of it. But it's... There's nothing to be girl, girly about it or, or anything like that. You can make it masculine, you can have a good time, and you're one guy in the midst of 40 women belly dancers. I mean, it could be worse. There you go. <laughs> What's the most unusual place you've performed? Or maybe you've only been dancing nine months, so... We go down to the Art Walk the first Friday of every month here in Springfield on the town square. There's an Art Walk. We go down and perform every month there, and it's really an enjoyable venue. We have the live drums going on there and the dancing, and it's it's a lot different than dancing to the canned music off the CD, and I really like the drums. And oh, I forgot what my next question was going to be. Let me look at my list. What music are you currently listening to as far as dance goes? Um, Solus is very good. It's, yeah, yeah, a lot of the drums in the tribal. Back to the to the basic tribal style drums that I I really like. And what is your earliest memory of belly dance? It would really have to be about nine months ago. I was not involved in the world at all. I'd never really been exposed to it. Um, I was in the Gulf, so I saw some of the some of the culture over there when I was in the military, but. But yeah, being here in the last nine months is really the only exposure that I've had to American belly dancing. What five things do you think make a good belly dancer? Five. Male or female? Confidence is number one. You own the stage or you're, you're not going to do it. Um, I like the precise precision techniques a lot better than some of the looser styles that are kind of emerging right now. Well, Practice, practice, practice. You can't get enough practice. I'm only up to three, and I'm, I'm running out of things here. <laughs> Costuming is good. Costuming is good. Um, I like the more more jewelry on, the better. You know, I like all the jingles and the things hanging off of it. But. Do you find it difficult as a male dancer to come up with costuming? I mean, because I'm assuming you want to look like a man. Right. So, I mean, how do you, you know, when we first alter costume? I really thought that it was. Um, I looked at it and I was like, oh, there's no way that I'm putting that on. It's just not going to happen. But as we started putting some costumes together and looking at them, and I've kind of taken on more of an Egyptian, an ancient Egyptian type look. And I think it suits me pretty well, so I, I really don't have any problems with wearing the panel skirts or, or the eye makeup or any of that. It's pretty enjoyable.
Yeah, I mean, it, when I saw you come on stage, it was very reminiscent of like King Ramsey or Tutankhamun with the eye makeup and everything. It worked then, very cool. Yes, yes, I was very impressed. I loved it. So, well, I wish you all the luck in your belly dance career since you're just starting, and thank you for taking the time to talk to my listeners. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity, and good luck with your podcast. Thank you. So, your dance name, your troupe, and where you're from. Uh, well, Mishka and Red Moon Tribe from Springfield, Missouri. And how long have you been dancing? Not sure. I think somewhere between six and seven years. Okay. And how did you get into belly dance? I'm actually a part of a group called the Society for Creative Anachronism. It's a middle, e- middle ages reenacting group, and they do a whole lot of belly dancing in the evenings, and, and it was just a whole lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. You're not the first belly dancer who said that. <laughs> So, um, what was your favorite move to learn? Oh my gosh, my favorite move. You can have more than one. I, I, I'm really into the bongra, so pretty much anything bongra, and I think we haven't really done my favorite move, and I don't know what it's called. That's fine. That's fine. What move challenged you the most to learn? Ooh, well, it was probably any number of, of Ariellas today. <laughs> I'm going to say it was probably that over shimmy with the Maya was horrible. And I just, yeah, that's going to take a while. Yeah. And what's your favorite prop? My favorite prop so far is probably the the swords, I guess, that we were using. Yeah. yeah. And um, what kind of music are you listening to right now as far as dance goes? Ooh, right now? Um, well, we just picked up some Balkan music from a, a brass band. is is wonderful. They're, uh, what is that called? Glass Menagerie? Yeah. 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 And what's your favorite costume accessory? <laughs> lots and lots of coochie. <laughs> Probably my little Tibetan foo dog, I think, that I just found. I think it may have used to have been an incense burner. And we found it in a bra. What's the most unusual place you've ever performed? Oh, dear God. We actually, we didn't know what we were getting into, and we ended up belly dancing at a bluegrass festival, (laughs) which didn't really fit a whole lot, but they seemed to enjoy it. That's good. That's good. What's your earliest memory of belly dance? I know, so these are hard. <laughs> God, I don't know. I almost think the first time I've ever seen it in person was at an SCA event, and I'm, I, I couldn't tell you. I can't remember anything past yesterday, so it's... Anybody? It's been a long weekend. <laughs> it's been a very long weekend. I am sore in places nobody should be sore in. <laughs> uh, what's the one thing you always have to have in your dance bag? <laughs> safety pins. Lots and lots of safety pins. Yeah. That's a common answer. <laughs> Let's see. Um, where am I, my list? What advice would you give to beginners? Ooh, um, don't panic. Um, the first time that that we started dancing, the the teacher was incredibly fast, and it was very it was stressful even going into it because you weren't sure what you were doing. Is it's like okay, now we're going in a circle. I haven't even learned to walk yet. But it's very easy to get frustrated uh, when you're new and you think I should be getting this faster, and you feel like a retarded lab monkey. But you just after a while, it'll just become memory, body memory, and you just can't give up. Don't give up too easily, I guess. Is probably. What does your family think about your dancing? I don't think they've seen me dance yet in person. I, I may have seen, I've sent them 
one clip, but I'm, I'm pretty much the strange daughter, I think, at this point. Yeah, they don't quite get it. <laughs> yeah, they haven't been to any shows, and they're just... I don't know. I think, yeah, they, they don't quite get it, and I don't really try to explain it to them. Um, can you tell my listeners a little bit about the duet that you did last night? Gosh, with Darren. Um, Domina by Potentia Anime. It's it's almost like Benedictine monks and kind of a gothic style. He's only been dancing for a very short time and and uh, we kind of took it easy on him. But it, it's very unusual, I guess, to have a, a male-female dance couple. So we thought, wow, something new and unusual. And, and they're a lot different to teach than girls are. And yeah. Wow, yeah, a whole lot different, and, and he, he gets a little a little pushy sometimes when he thinks he's right, and I think I'm right, and I forget that I'm not right, and it, it, it's different than, than teaching a girl for sure. The attitude is, is different, but it, they're, it's very strong, so that's that's nice. We couldn't do the, that whole back bend thing where I'm laying over his arm if he, if he was any weaker, so that was kind of neat. Yeah. Did you choreograph it, or did did y'all choreograph it together, or how did it come about? Um, I, I did most of it because he hasn't been dancing for it, like, you know, nine months or something, but there were a lot of points where, where he has a lot better sense of direction than I do and timing. He can count in his head a lot easier, so he actually did help with, with some of it, at least with um, figuring out how many beats and, and which way we should be facing, which is kind of nice. And can you talk a little bit about the challenges as far as trying to teach a male dancer? Um, well, the bodies don't move this, the, the same way. Um, with men, the hips are easier. I'm, I'm wanting to say front and back instead of up and down. So there's a lot of movements. If we're going and up, any kind of up and down, he's a little choppier. Uh, there, it takes them longer, I think, to figure that out. They have to adjust maybe just changing the the movement us a little bit to make it um, fit their body type and um, you don't want them to look necessarily girly yeah and that's a big problem we have we've had to tell him okay well we're going to do it this way you figure out something slightly different so that you don't you don't look like a girl when <laughs> when you're doing it do y'all like watch him a lot and be like, no, 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 that looks too feminine. Change, you know, try this or try that. Or yeah, he kind of does it to himself a lot. He he kind of looks in the mirror and goes, oh no, I'm not doing that. And, <laughs> and we're not entirely sure how to teach him, so he has to kind of figure out some of it on his own. There's just no male teachers down in this area, so it's hard. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite dance memory? Gosh, my favorite dance memory. Ooh, I know what it was. Um, we did a Ren Fair a few years ago, and, and Ziva and I did a sword dance. She started doing the sword dance, and I just sort of snuck up behind her and stole it from her during a back bend. And it worked out really well, and I can't remember if we'd planned that to begin with or not, if we just did it, but it just came out really nice. It was kind of fun. Okay, this one's a tough one. Beads, fringe, mirrors. Are coins, Ooh. coins, jingly bits. You can say all I'm I'm a coins and mirrors fan. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty nice. What kind of audience do you like to perform in front of? Ooh, well, actually, I'm people are scared to dance in front of other dancers because they they kind of know what you're doing and they look at you funny if you do something wrong. But I would rather dance for dancers because they clap. 
Yeah. And, and Zagarit in, in this area, for some reason, people act like they're in church or watching an opera and they're so incredibly quiet and you can't tell if they're enjoying it or about to fall asleep sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. You need to come down to Northwest Arkansas. The, the audiences clap and yell and cigarette. Yes, more? they do. We, I mean, sometimes we do get the woo pig suey razorbacks, but you know, you have to forgive uh, 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 them. They're, they're at least trying. Well, you know? the, the actually the Bluesgrass Festival was pretty funny because we had the one guy in the overalls and the in the baseball cap doing this weird little humpy dance for us <laughs> the whole time, and it was it was the weirdest mountain jig I've ever seen. But he was just really enjoying it. That's great. What's your favorite place to perform? Ooh, actually, our favorite place has, is not open anymore, but it was the um, the gay bar. It was a trans, uh, what is it, transvestite, what do you call it, drag king club. So we, we would dance to help support the drag king nationals. And, and then they are a hoot. And they tip you. So it was wonderful. <laughs> I can imagine. Okay, last question. What five things make a good belly dancer to you? Odd. You can take a minute to think about it. Ooh, well, you have <laughs> timing. You have to have your, your music, or I should say your movements, fitting your music is, is really important. Um, eye contact. Smiling. Smiling is a big one. Um, I want to see, I would rather see slower, more precise movements than like 10 million jiggly bits that you can't understand too quickly. And that was four? Yeah. Um, oh God, one more. That was four. Wow. I'm not entirely sure. Huh. Personality, costuming. Personality's yeah. Costuming is always nice, but you can you can uh, if you, you know you put a dress on a pig and it's still a pig. So I mean you gotta you have to know know the movements and, and variety. I really like variety. Something that's not you just repeat it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. It's okay not to have five. <laughs> if you're like this is the top four. Good lord, I have no idea. Hmm. I can't think on the spot, by the way. <laughs> That's okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and talking to my listeners and letting them know what belly dance in the area is like and belly dance from your perspective. That was scarier than performing last night. <laughs> Holy cow. So again, I hope you all enjoyed this week's show and enjoyed hearing that interview. And um, it's time for the question of the week. And this question is, what kind of audience do you like to perform for? And um, this this question came to mind. um, First, one of my new fellow troop members recommended it because she overheard another dancer and I at Springfield talking and this particular dancer um always got a little nervous when she performs in front of other dancers because she's like they know what it's supposed to what moves are supposed to look like and everything so if I screw up I always get nervous if I'm dancing in front of other dancers and of course I was like I love dancing in front of other dancers because if you screw up they know but they can also sympathize with it and a lot of them are like oh I remember when I had problems with that move or, you know, oh gosh, she was so close and that was a tough combination, you know, and that kind of thing. So just, 
kind of depends. So we want to know what kind of audience do you like to perform for? So to answer, email at shimmycast at gmail.com. You can post on the forum board, uh, which you can get to through the blog, shimmycast.blogspot.com. Um, if you want to, you can even send an MP3 attachment in the email. And I'll be happy to play that. So just be sure to answer the question. <laughs> Finally, it's time for the last music pick of the week. This song is Adieu from the album Curandero by Curandero. And, it and it's available on Magnatune.com. I hope you all enjoy. And until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.